Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the BizCast. I'm Shannon King, and this is probably our last episode of 2020, which is insane to think about. The first episode we published this year was titled, What Businesses Expect in 2020? Yeah, and about three months later, all of those projections, plans, and expectations flew right out the window. Since the pandemic hit in March, I've talked to nearly 50 business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs of all sizes, industries, corners of the state, and backgrounds. I brought my podcast equipment home thinking I would record a few episodes before returning back to the office in a few weeks. That turned into nine months of the only way I could connect with our members on a recorded phone call or Zoom meeting from the guest bedroom of my house. After recording every episode, I felt so energized, so inspired that despite everything, Connecticut businesses were strong, resilient, innovative, nimble, and thoughtful about their impact during the pandemic and to their community. To all the guests this year, I am so grateful for all of the work that you do, whatever it is, and you have inspired me. And I hope that with each episode listen, you've inspired another business leader or even a young person wanting to make a difference. I also need to give a brief shout out to my teammates at CBIA who helped me produce the podcast, pitch me ideas and guests, and share the stories of our members. I really couldn't do it without you guys, so thank you. And last but not least, I want to give a huge thank you to all of our listeners. I'm excited to bring you more conversations in 2021. As always, please rate, review, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And please, if you have a story to tell, please shoot me an email. I want to tell that story. Okay, now on to the episode. I talked to Dustin Schultz, founder and creative director of Union Productions, located in New Haven. They're an Emmy award-winning video production company that call themselves, quote, the secret weapon to connection and clarity. I love that. CBIA has worked with Dustin and his team on projects before, so it was really great to sit down with him and pick his brain. Dustin shares how small businesses can amplify their voices to employees and customers alike during these challenging times, his successes and struggles as a young entrepreneur in Connecticut, and why video is more powerful than ever before for connection and communication. So enjoy and happy holidays, everyone. Dustin, it's good to have you here. So, I mean, just to start, uh, can you talk about your business, uh, Union Productions, how long it's been around, how many employees you have, and what do you guys do here in Connecticut? Totally. Yeah. So Union, we call ourselves, we, we say we are uh, the secret weapon for clarity and connection in marketing. And we do that through our main muscle, which is video production. Uh, that's the strategy of, that's the production of, that's the placement, uh, the tracking of the metrics. And we do that for a lot of really interesting, uh, mainly B2B companies, insurance brands, uh, healthcare, uh, healthcare companies, and in uh, a lot that, again, need clarity in their messaging because they have complex offerings, complex services, um, and ones that need like everybody connection to humanize their brand, to create that brand loyalty um, from whether it's, uh, you know, a purchaser within another company for a B2B brand or, um, or the consumer, you know, for, for a B2C type company. Um, so Union turns 10 uh, in March. So uh, time stamping March, then 2021. Early birthday. Thank you. Yes. I think entering 
what would you be 10 entering middle school i guess the union's starting to get some zits and maybe start to like girls soon i'm not sure exactly right <laughs> when you i don't 10. know yeah i don't know what you were like when you were 10 but <laughs> sure. um and uh yeah so it turns 10 in uh in march and and we have uh, a bit of a unique structure there's there's three uh in-house full-time staff members and um within our industry within video production were supported a lot by freelance specialists. And so um, our approach is never to, as individuals, kind of be jacks of all trades and, and masters of none, kind of bringing what might be, you know, mediocre content to the table, but bring in the individuals that it really takes to achieve the specific roles that are needed to create top quality content. And so we have an awesome pool of probably a two dozen freelancers that work for us on a relatively part-time basis, you know, kind of plug and play, uh, depending on what's needed. Okay. So what, what do your full-time employees do? And you, um, mm -hmm. is it the actual, um, shooting of the footage, is it the editing process or is it more of the working with the clients, understanding what the vision is? And then from there, you can pull, you know, your freelancers and say, this person would be great to get this message out, or they'd be great for this sort of creative component of the project. Yeah. yeah In-house, what we manage a lot of is the strategy, the creative development, and all of our editing and animation is done in-house as well. So when it comes to production and when someone thinks about video production, you know, what you don't want is somebody who's just a hammer and thinks that everything's a nail, right? And so your brand needs to be given its unique look. It needs to have a feel that fits to it. And so we bring in and assemble our team accordingly and, uh, and make sure that it's going to achieve what the, the look and the feel that, that needs to align with the creative that we've developed. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so you get to work with a bunch of different people, which is, I'm, I'm sure is really fun for you. Um, blast, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we were talking about this before uh, we started officially recording, but how has your work changed over the past? Oh gosh. I mean, we're like nine, 10 months into the <laughs> pandemic. I, that, that is so crazy to say. Um, yeah. and as we all know, um, social media has gotten bigger video has gotten bigger just as a way to communicate for companies to communicate and, um, you know, other people to communicate just, um, as an anecdote, a lot of, um, guests I've had on this podcast, CEOs of companies, uh, they started recording videos and sending them to their employees because they couldn't have that big staff meeting, um, you know, and to talk about, you know, what was going on in the company and the easiest way to do it is just record a video, say it and send it out. So video has be video has been such a big component of marketing communications always has and is getting bigger, but especially this year. So that was sort of a roundabout way of asking you, how has your work changed and what is going to continue to change after this pandemic? Um, obviously resolves. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So, um, yeah, 15 years ago when this pandemic started, um, we, <laughs> we were, were, um, you know, producing a lot of obviously live action filmed in-person content. So that was probably the first thing that changed 
immediately is that, um, you know, we went from probably a 50-50 split of animation and live action content to, um, to maybe 75% animation and 25% using content libraries that we had already built up for some of our longstanding clients, as well as mixing in stock content that can be purchased in some of the libraries that we have licenses to. Um, once June came around and we were able to be on set, we began to operate you know, with smaller teams on set and we began to uh, apply a lot of pretty strict methods. Um, we had a, a large production going on in San Francisco in the Bay Area where we had a, a staff nurse for the entire production who was taking temperatures for people every morning going on to set. Of course, we have you know hand sanitizers, extra masks available, wipes for sections uh, where people work to make sure that they're they're clean and we leave things you know better than we found them. And so um, you know it's it's been uh, we've begun to kind of run lean and mean, and and it's not in that sense different than anything we've ever done. Uh, you know, I think maybe in our industry or there's a lot of industries that have side waste that aren't, you know, that are, exist because this is the way we've always done things. You know, that mentality of uh, we do this because that's what we've always done. Um, and, you know, I think me or really any entrepreneur comes in and tries to challenge some of those methods or challenge the thinking, at least in conversation, um, to, to develop and to innovate and to grow. And, and so um, I think, you know, the, the production that say, you know, a CEO is doing, uh, you know, a Zoom recording like this and, and sends off to staff members is, is amazing. It, 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 the bar in terms of what the look and quality needs to be is set relatively low because I think maybe for the first time, employees are beginning to see their leadership in a different, maybe even more personalized light than what was done um, Previously, the, the person who's behind the podium in front of a room of 100 or 200 people is now talking to a staff member in their living room from their living room. And, uh, and I, I think, and hopefully there's been a lot of even conversations that have come up in that way, just around, you know, emotion and mental health and, and those things that, um, you know, we've had conversations internally with our staff about too, um, you know, how we're all holding up and in, in recognizing that individuals who are working from home have new challenges. It's not business as usual. Uh, and the expectations need to be adjusted as well. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not a time where we see things as business first and home life second. They're neat, like we're being introduced and forced to see the kind of intersection of the two and our priorities kind of rise to the top. So a lot, a lot there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just, I was trying to think of uh, what to ask next. Um, no, I completely agree. It's almost um, humanized everyone. Um, yeah. And there's just a greater level of, I don't know if respect is the right word, but just recognition that you really are not, you know, one person when you show up at work and a different person when you go home. It's really just, um, but I think that's been to the benefit of companies, company culture. You know, your company sounds like it's very um, 
yeah, entrepreneurial, um, a little, you know, well, not startup at this point, but a little bit more flexible. Um, So just bringing, continuing to bring that energy to companies that have been around for, you know, 150 years who, you know, business as usual, that's the way we've always done it. And then they had to completely rework. So um, really a lot of people have had to bring that innovative entrepreneurial spirit uh, into the workplace almost for the first time. Um, and I'm sure yeah, companies, yeah. companies and clients that you've worked with, I'm sure you've had many, many conversations with them about um, how do we message differently? How do we talk to the customer? What is the customer thinking right now? What is the experience? I mean, we've all seen that on TV recently. So yeah, yeah. Um, just being able to communicate that through video, right? Yeah, and I would say a lot of what we're seeing and a lot of what we're helping brands and companies share is um, even processes. How does the customer interact with them differently now to set expectations? Because you know we're all under a lot of different pressures. Uh, we all don't, we, you know, as individuals, we don't know what that other person, you know, on the other side of our, you know, business interaction. Um, or customer to customer to company interaction is going through what their day was the the day before, especially right now. Um, and so, for a lot of our for a lot of our our clients, we're helping them communicate to their customers what they should expect in in an interaction. So, for example, um, I'll give a I guess a shout out to one of our clients, Jefferson Radiology. I'm thinking of off the top of my head because we're working with them this week on putting together, um, you know, what, what does it look like when you show up for your appointment now? And how do we set expectations so you know what you're walking into, as opposed to learning on the go? And, and to me, that's just helping communicate, you know, number one, that you care about the customer, what their experience is, you respect their schedule enough to let them know hey, this might be a little bit longer in these different areas than you might expect your experience to be typically. Um, and so that's probably a great example of, of some of the, the most recent messaging as policies and practices within companies are changing and customers need to know about that. So next question I had, um, just because I want our listeners to be able to take away something. Yeah. Um, and just because you have you know, all these years of experience in communicating and especially creating visuals um, for clients of yours. So say um, a small business or even like a mid-sized business is listening and um, they are trying to communicate um, a little differently to their customers or maybe marketing a new product. And especially in this environment, and I think this is going to continue for, you know, the next year, maybe way into the future. This is just the new way we communicate now uh, through video. Um, So what would be some tips or just ideas to think about for businesses that um, are looking for different ways to communicate and find those customers or future clients or or just their audience? Do you have anything off the top of your head? For sure, I would say start start with the customer yourself to begin with. I think as as business owners, as marketers, as people who are you know really selling a service or product, it's amazing how often we skip asking questions of our clients to get an understanding of what within our service they appreciated, what made them choose us, what caught their attention, how they like the product, what elements stand out to them. 
Um, so get those kind of talking points given to you as opposed to kind of force feeding what you think is great about you. Once you have that, those ideas, um, say for video, this is what we run into a lot with say a smaller mid-sized business is that they try to create a singular video that does everything for them um, and include every type of, every element of messaging within this one piece. And um, it ends up just being a, a muddy mess. And that is not, not the approach. And especially today, it's not the approach. It, you, you want to narrow down your talking points. You want to narrow down your messaging to, um, to uh, a high level who you are, you know, what you bring to the table um, for a customer and, and share that in, in a clear way. That also leaves, I would say, some question marks in that draws someone in to learn more. Share, share the problem you solve, how you do it at a baseline, but allow people the space to say, wow, that's gonna solve my problem. And it sounds like it's the right fit for me. Click through to the website because that's really the interaction for the most part that you're gonna have uh, in the digital space, right? And then for some of your finer points, some of your more specific offerings, create videos for those individually that highlight specific elements of your service, that highlight um, uh, different, different products. Do one for each of your products. That's short, 15, 30, 45 seconds. And, uh, and now instead of spending all of this time creating a singular piece of content that you push and people are now um, say tired of after a couple of weeks, you can only share something so many times. You're creating your own library of content to drip out over time, whether that's via your social channels, whether that's via your email. Um, even if you're doing, uh, you know, YouTube pre-rolls or programmatic buys or, you know, you're, you're kind of the, the person listening right now is advanced enough to be placing things on, on broadcast or OTT, then uh, you can be switching out those, those spots and even A-B testing against each other um, to understand what's performing well. So I would say that kind of boiling that down is don't try and include all of your messaging into one singular piece of content instead spread out your messaging across smaller pieces of content. Um, and like the classic, really within video too, like the classic sales funnel that has, you know, kind of this developing interest and intrigue and leading the customer down the journey. You can do that with pieces of video content along the whole way that, you know, you have content that is more in-depth explaining your service in detail that should only be living most likely on your website where someone is already interested, they know why they want it and you're just really putting kind of the, the, the seal on that sale. Or, you know, something that's maybe more of a customer testimonial, having their problem solved is probably higher up in the funnel. Keep it short and hook people in and bring them back to those main pieces of content for your website. Yeah, those are really great tips. And just you and I have been talking for a little bit um, before we recorded this podcast about those things. Um, just, you know, sometimes they can seem really overwhelming, but if you have a plan and if you think it through, um, you know, you can really, you know, you can really drip these things out. Um, yeah. you know, it can be successful and it can in turn be a, 
you know, total return on investment. Um, it can lead to new customers. It can grow different products or services or whatever your business is. So um, it really is just the the name of the game now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And whoever you're working with to develop content should be thinking um, in a way of taking larger units of content and breaking them down into smaller pieces as well. So, you know, we could use like a really quick example, even of this podcast, which translates, you know, obviously in video, and it's going to end up, you know, on, on iTunes or, or the Apple podcasts as well. And, you know, we can take the, what I just shared, that quick tip about how to think about creating content, whatever it was, one minute, um, maybe with how I talk, it was 10 minutes, but take that one chunk and use that as a clip on LinkedIn. And you could probably find 10, 30 second sound bites within this interview alone that can be used once a week as a LinkedIn post, um, you know, right there across 10 different weeks and, and you're covered with fresh content you're always outputting. Great. Now I have the expectation to <laughs> make a, make a couple videos out of this one conversation. So thank you for that. No, no, it's all, just it's all, me everywhere. Yes, yes. No, it is all good. The, those are all really awesome tips. Um, so last question I had for you to wrap up a little bit of a personal question, but um, so you have um, had this company for 10 years. You seem like a pretty young guy. We seem about the same age or pretty yeah, close yeah. to it. Um, and I also saw that you've lived in different places other than Connecticut. Are you are you from Connecticut, like born and raised yes. or? OK, but you've moved around to different states or cities, yep. correct? Yep. Yeah. Within Connecticut, I've lived a few different few different places, but also I spent about three years living in California. Okay. Interesting. So as a young person born and raised in Connecticut, went to yeah, California, yeah. I'm sure has traveled. Um, what, what is keeping you here in Connecticut? Why do you love having your company here? Why do you love working here? Yeah. Well, I would say the easy answer that most people probably give when you, when you kind of first layer to this onion is family, of course, right? My family lives here. My wife's family lives here. Um, you know, so, so that's kind of right. The first baseline for why the geography chose us in that case. Um, I also think people love knocking Connecticut for business in the way that people just like to pick on other people sometimes, you know, in, in a high school kind of way. Right. And in there's been challenges that occur. Right. But there's been, but in terms of having a business here, in terms of being able to do um, to do work for you know companies that exist here, but also within the region, within New England, within New York, but to be based in Connecticut is a really strategic place. Um, you know, for us, we do a lot of work with insurance companies, insurance brands. So obviously, that's a great fit here. Um, healthcare as well, higher education as well. Uh, you know, this area is is rich. With, with those different resources. And I think people also who are entrepreneurs who are in this area love to see, see things grow and, and overcome. And, and in an area where someone says you can't, that just feels like it's asking to be, to be uh, that thought to be torn down and, and for something to take the place where someone says, you know, you can never do 
uh, a company like this here, or it doesn't make sense to do that there. And so um, a lot of it is just the mentality. Um, you know, we aren't in an area that is um, a, a desert for um, opportunity and work. Um, there are definitely areas of, of the US that are like that, that you can't do everything there. I think in Connecticut, you could basically do anything here because of what's available within two hours of, of this location. So um, yeah, I, I think one of the things that again becomes kind of the exciting challenge for Connecticut is, is you know, finding and holding on to talent because um, you know, people born and raised here, again, have a, have a mindset of, or a mentality of kind of getting out, right? And I think that's everywhere. I think that's just a youthful thing of trying to do something different or be somewhere else, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I had those thoughts <laughs> too, but I, I ended up staying here, but it, it really worked out. And there, there are so many opportunities here. I mean, you and yeah. I have probably two totally different careers, um, but I've just been so, um, you know, just so blessed to have so many different opportunities and be exposed to so many different uh, things just in this small state. Um, and it's pretty incredible. And, and it's, um, you know, some people find greener pastures elsewhere. They go to the West Coast like you did. Uh, you know, it's really cool out there, I got to say. But there are some really incredible things happening in Connecticut, particularly in the, you know, the innovation space, the startup space, the entrepreneurial space. There's there's a ton of hubs popping up all over the state and groups. Um, and I'm sure you're a part of those or, you know, add yeah. your voice to those. So that it really is rich, uh, whatever you're looking for in Connecticut, unless it's like a beautiful California beach, but we do have <laughs> beaches here. We have everything here. Yeah. So unless you're looking for something specific like that. Yeah. I agree with you. You can pretty much do anything here. Yeah. We, we also, I think, against, you know, against the backdrop of maybe other places that I've traveled, we have a lot of diversity in Connecticut. We have a lot of different trains of thought. And I, ironically, if there's one thing that I would love to see changed, it would, it would almost be this. I, I would love to see Connecticut work smarter, not harder. Uh, and as a mentality, I think I'll, I'll share a quick story we're doing some renovations on our house and recently had uh, the, the appraiser come by and, and, and had to look at some different things. And so when he found out that I was a business owner, um, he shared that he also owned this appraisal company. And he, he kind of gave me this look and said, um, well, how many hours a week do you work? You know, and with this like twinkle in his eye. And I said, well, probably, probably 30 or 35. And he goes, oh, I thought you were going to say a hundred hours like I do. And, you know, this kind of shared, you know, grind yourself into the ground. You know, it's not nine to five, it's eight to six, you know, Monday through Saturday. And you have to, you have to have like hustle means constant, like drive yourself into the ground. And it's just not, that's not the goal <laughs> at all. And so, uh, you know, I was listening to a, a, a speaker recently who um, they do executive coaching and they talk with how to free up executives time and what you'd expect people to say and, and what you would expect them to bring to the table is ways of 
to automate, in ways to delegate, in ways to, uh, ways to press, get more done in the time that you have. And that's an element of it. But actually the first step that they always look to do is get that executive, that C-suite person Friday off. That's the first step every time. Because as a leader, as an entrepreneur, and especially as a creative, you tend to not work well in a vacuum. And I don't think anyone works well in a vacuum of a rush to create, but it's taking that time to go on a walk. It's taking that time to step away and have a coffee in the middle of the day during a time that's not a break period to just think and, and just allow yourself to be creative. We're so, we're so hyped on having processes and workflows and that type of thing that, um, that we don't leave space for our brains to get bored and imagine and create and innovate and, and change. And so I think, I think we can slow down in Connecticut a little bit in a very unique way. Uh, and it's just a difference I felt when I came back here. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure that topic alone could be a podcast <laughs> in of itself. So I'm going to write that down because um, yeah. it's very true, especially working from home. I'm sure you've, you felt like this at some point where it's just, I have no distractions at the office and I can get so much more done. Um, and it got to the point, even for me, it was just task, 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 and not really allowing yourself to have that time. Yes. To imagine, to brainstorm. Some of my best ideas happen when I'm cooking or when I'm right. out walking the dog and it's like, oh, we should do that for this project. And it's just, it's so much more organic and it's just, you know, combining work and life. It's not even balance. It's just how do those two things fit into your life together? And that makes yeah. for a healthier and happier employee and company. I yeah. would no million percent, a million percent. So yes, yeah. you're, you're right. That could probably be four podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Really? Okay. Well, we'll schedule those. Um, all right. Well, uh, Dustin, thank you so, so much for talking with me. That conversation went in a million different directions, but I loved it. <laughs> Um, love talking to you. You're doing awesome stuff in Connecticut um, as a young person too, um, who, you know, born and raised, left and came back to start yeah. his business. So um, thank you so much and uh, ho hope to have you back soon. Yeah. Thanks, Shannon. Talk soon. For the latest Connecticut business news, events, and resources, visit CBIA.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBIA News and on LinkedIn and Facebook. Call us anytime at 860-244-1900. Stay safe out there.